You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It's the Saturday edition of From the Podium, meaning you get the best of Wednesday and Thursday on this podcast. You'll hear from coordinators Eric Bieniemy and Steve Spagnolo. We'll take a quick break. You'll hear from defensive tackle Chris Jones and wide receiver Tyree Kill. Another break, and then it's the special teams unit, coordinator Dave Tobe, and then Harrison Butker. But let's start with the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. Here is Eric be enemy. I hope that everybody is still remaining safe and I hope that everybody's families uh, is staying safe as well. Uh, last week I thought uh, was a, a great example of a team victory. I thought we had some key players step up in some defining moments. Uh, but one thing as an offense, we want to make sure that we remain humble and we remain focused on making sure that we eliminate the self-inflicted wounds. We want our guys to go out and execute with great attention to details, but also, too, as a coaching staff, we want to make sure that we're putting our players in the right situations and giving them the opportunity to be successful. So with that said, I'm all ears. Let's go first to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, good afternoon, Coach. Uh, how difficult and then thus how impressive has it been that Byron Pringle with limited targets has been able to come in and make these big catches and then with limited returns be able to do what he did the other night? Doesn't I mean it? It doesn't surprise me at all. Pringle has been uh, he's been a hardworking kid. I mean, we've had him. He was right down the road at K State. We knew exactly what Pringle could bring to the table. He works his tail off each and every day. He's a guy. He's a smart kid, and he's a kid that also understands that he has to make the most of every opportunity when presented. So when Pringle's out there, there's a great deal of trust. We trust exactly what we what he's going to do, and we know exactly what we're going to get from him. That just goes to show you how great of a staff that we have. Greg Lewis does an outstanding job of of raising those guys and making sure that they're prepared. All right, when those defi- those defining moments present themselves. Let's go next to Sarin Petrov. Go ahead, uh, Coach. Uh, a couple things. I have a, a follow up here, uh, Brad. Uh, just first of all, your overall impression of of getting a chance to see Le'Veon Bell uh, out in game situation, how he did, maybe some you know things that he needs to work on or things that can be expanded uh, as he gets more time. You know what? I thought he did a heck of a job. He got the rust off. He had some uh, some huge runs. I know he was excited. He probably felt like uh, that first day of starting on varsity as a little kid uh, <laughs> when you had that opportunity to do so in, in high school. But uh, I thought he did a heck of a job. But also he understands there's a little few things that he needs to continue to clean up. And a part of that is just understanding the language that we speak. He may know it on certain day, then it may not click uh, at certain times. But as far as what he's doing, he's going to be all right. And then on running the ball, uh, before the kneel downs, before the end of the game, you guys were averaging six and a half yards a carry. Um, and the game, because of a defensive score and a, 
and a uh, uh, special team score, you only got, you know, I think 41 plays is all that Patrick played in that game. How, how difficult is that, uh, you know, to get the ball going, to try to get into a rhythm? You obviously didn't need it. You got the 40 points. I'm not knocking you like, hey, you should have done more. But, like, it doesn't present challenges when you don't have that opportunity to kind of get the rhythm going the way you're used to. You know what, sir, and I, I'll say this. It does present challenges because we didn't execute as well on offense when it came to third down. We got to be more efficient. We have to move the chains. We've taken a tremendous amount of pride in making sure that we can clean up those issues. Now, that obviously starts with us here as a coaching staff. And so we've taken a look at it. We've addressed it. But now ownership falls on our players. And what does that mean? That means, hey, let's make sure that we're studying. Let's make sure that we're out there executing exactly what we need to execute. On top of that, when there's longer situations, let's make sure we're getting the proper uh, route depth. Let's make sure we're getting the proper calls up front to protect the quarterback. And then when given an opportunity, Opportunity. We just got to let it go and make sure that we're getting the ball to the right particular people. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Eric. Um, it appeared that you guys put an emphasis on getting McColl the ball early against the Broncos. So I guess, A, is that indeed the case? And then, B, could this be the start of him putting more positive reps on tape and maybe the start of a, of a, of a trend in a positive direction for McColl? Well, first of all, I'll start backwards. I thought, I'm hoping that it is a positive trend. I thought he did a heck of a job of starting the game off for us. I mean, he had two uh, explosive plays. The kid is a, he's a tremendous kid. He's a very intelligent kid. But the thing that we, we talk about all the time is making sure that he's straining the finish and making sure that that second effort is always there. Because my biggest conversations that I always discuss with him is not what he's going to do when the ball is in his hands, is what he's going to do when the ball is not in his hands. And that's the mindset that we want to take because we want all of our players understanding, okay, the importance of what they do and how it impacts others. So we're counting on him to step that role up, but also to continue to trend in the direction that he's heading. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, um, I wanted to ask you about Eric Fisher. Um, what signs, you know, you, he had some rough moments early, uh, early in his career, obviously. What signs did you see back then that he was going to become the player that he, he is for you now? Yeah, one thing I will say, Fish is, first of all, he's a great kid. And I will say this, he's had his struggles, but you know what? That kid has never, ever turned down from a fight. He's found a way to persevere through adversity. You know, he'll tell you he hasn't had a lot of proud moments. But one thing that you see as his confidence started to develop, you know, as he overcame all the injuries, you know, he started changing his body by developing the strength that he needed. Strength and conditioning guys did an outstanding job with him. And then just building in the faith in, in, in what Coach Heck was telling him. And so you combine all that. Now he's starting to step up and do a lot of good things. Now, you got to understand, he plays a position that's always going to be criticized because he's the he's the left tackle. But with that comes a great deal of expectations. And he understands that, hey, I have to be on top of my game each and every day. And like I said, if he makes a mistake, we're okay with that. The thing I'm wanting more than anything is uh, want to judge him on is how he responds the very next play. That's all that matters. But the kid has taken giant steps forward. Forward. We want to continue to see him grow in that right direction. Let's go to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Eric. Um, Patrick talked to us this week and after the game about the fact that he feels like he's taking fewer risks because the defense necessitates fewer risk. 
Is that a conversation you had at any point, whether it's after his rookie year, about the, some of the risk he did used to take early in his career and maybe trying to eliminate some of them? Well, you know, he's a gunslinger. You know, he wants to go out there and, and show off exactly what he can do. But I don't know if it's necessarily that he's not taking risk. I think what has happened is that he's doing a better job of just taking what is given because, you know, those guys are playing far and beyond uh, what we expected sometimes. But one thing that he's doing, he's just finding the open guy. And in those short to medium range, we got some guys that can catch and turn up and make some special things happen. So that just comes with uh, maturity. That also comes with just a, a, a growth process and understanding what we're doing, but also understanding how teams are lining up and playing against us. So kudos to Pat. I'm very proud of where he is right now. But he also understands that he got to keep chopping that wood and keep cleaning up the little detailed things that's going to continue to help him be the special player that we're expecting him to be. We've got time for a couple more guys. We'll go Matt, Derek, and then Darren. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. You, you mentioned with Le'Veon about having a few things to clean up. And just curious about, you know, a new guy coming in and working into the passing game in particular. How difficult is it for him to be able to come in and, you know, pick up those hot reads, get the timing down and the, the screen game and all those things? It's very difficult. Now, I will say this. Le'Veon is a very, very intelligent football player. It's a kid who's played a number of years and, and been in a few systems now. So he's a football junkie. During that time he was going through the, the COVID protocols, he was obviously spending time meeting with Coach Dillon, you know, Coach, uh, I said Coach Sherman, Coach Anthony Sherman spent time with him as well. And so the language he's starting to pick up. And so after a while, you start correlating things with what you've done in the past. And so those words kind of mean something to him. So the thing is, is that the kid is, he's, he's taking on a challenge. He wants to play. He's investing the time in it off the field. But when you go out there and see him on the practice field, you, you're, you're seeing some great production and some great work. And you're seeing that the kid gets it and he understands exactly what we're expecting from him when utilizing a certain play. Go ask to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Uh, Coach, good afternoon to you. Um, my question, I know I asked you last week with the addition of Le'Veon Bell, uh, obviously the amount of reps that the uh, players, you know, uh, would get, uh, you know, would cut down. Obviously, Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams did not get any uh, reps last week. How did they take it? Did you talk to them about it after the game? And, you know, going further, obviously, as you mentioned, their reps will probably be decreased with, uh, with his addition. How have they taken it thus far? Well, one thing you, you, you expect from all your players, you expect them to remain professional. And in this industry, you can't worry about the things you cannot control. The only thing that you can continue to control are the things that you can. Now, understanding that when those guys are getting reps in practice, they got to maximize those opportunities. The unfortunate thing, and I knock on wood when I say this, injuries happen. All right. Now we're feeling pretty comfortable because, we yes, we got Clyde and we have uh, Le'Veon. But we also know that we got great depth. Behind those two, we know we got uh, Daryl Williams. We know we got Darwin Thompson. We also know we got DeAndre Washington. So we're, we're solid at that position. But the thing that I always harp to these guys is to understand that you are 
always interviewing and always making sure that you're preparing yourself to be the starter when called upon. So yes, I am expecting those guys to remain professional. Unfortunate, this is the tough part about this business and understanding, I've been there. (laughs) I've been there as a player, so I understand, but you gotta make sure that you understand that you do have value. Hey coach, it's still morning, so good morning. Yeah, good morning to you, Herb. Last week you had mentioned um, wanting to keep the defense so they don't become complacent. This week against the Jets team, on paper suggests that you guys should win, but how important is that message of not getting complacent when you face a team like this? Yeah, it'll be the same message. And to me, this is the player and coach. I'm talking about all the guys in the unit in the defensive room. To me, this is the most challenging kind of challenge. Um, Look, it's easy. We all know when we're playing in the – big games and playoff games, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody knows those and the emotions are there. You don't even have to worry about that. It's just matching the, you know, the the focus with the emotions. Now it's getting both the focus and the emotions where they need to be. I think our group handles that really good. Uh, All we've ever focused on is getting better, you know, be better today than we were yesterday. Uh, And hopefully if we can just keep doing that, you know, we'll find a way not to have a letdown. Thanks to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. Um, yeah. Are there things you're looking for in the second half of the season as far as defensive improvement as opposed to just kind of general defensive improvement? Are there specific things? And Brad, I'll have one quick follow-up. Yeah, I mean, I would say this, Adam. I'm always, and in in the coaching staff is always on the improvement of technique. I mean, I, there's little ones that are sticking in my head right now that I showed this morning on film. Uh, and not a grand scheme deal. Uh, and we have something we call a free call, and that wasn't executed really good yesterday. And so that needs to get better. Um, there's areas in, in our run fronts that need to get better. There's always things that need to get better. And again, I listen, it's going to sound cliche-ish, but it is just being better than we were yesterday. And if we just focus on that, most of that stuff will take care of itself. I don't get involved in, uh, you know, th- this particular, you know, this part of the statistics needs to improve. I, I don't even go there. It's just more about the scheme and what we need to do from a technique standpoint. Okay, just a couple areas I wanted to get your thoughts on and whether it was reasonable to make significant improvement there. Um, one is red zone and, and the other one's definitely. third downs. Yeah, definitely red zone. Uh, I, I, the third downs always are going to frustrate me. I thought we did better in that uh, last week. Um, those two areas, to be quite honest with you, Adam, are two objectives that we keep on there weekly as far as what we need to do against this opponent. You know, it changes depending on who the opponent is, but those never change. Uh, Red zone, uh, no question, needs to get better. We've allowed people in there to score, and and that has to stop if we want to go where we want to go. Go next to Pete Sweeney. Go, Pete. Hey, Coach, uh, got an extended look, and probably because of what the Broncos were doing at at rookie Willie Gay, was wondering uh, what you saw in your eyes. And then um, just another thing was Chris Jones. It felt like he was really cooking. How much of an impact when Jones is really on does that make for your entire defense? So Gay and then Jones. Yeah, no question about Chris. That's an easy one. Um, You know, when you have a dominant player and he's making dominant plays, I think the guys feed off of that. And certainly you can set an offense backwards, put him behind schedule. So that, that's helpful when Chris does that. With Willie Gay, I mean, I think it was easy for all of us to see the athletic ability he has. I mean, he, he leaped up there and jumped pretty high to knock that ball down. Um, he, we've always known that about him. It's just him getting rep after rep after rep. He's been working in there more with Hitch and, and Damien, who have been great with him. Um, 
taking him under their wing. And so we're hopeful that he can just continue and improve and we'll try to slot him in there where we can. You're right, a couple of weeks ago, uh, based on what the opponent did, it didn't dictate him being in there as much. And certainly this past week, he got in there quite a few more reps. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve, I have two things as well for you. Um, the first is so much talk in the offseason was about improving in terms of the takeaway department. You guys are second in the league in that. Just why do you feel like you guys have been better uh, so far this year with the ability to take the ball away to give the offense maybe a short field or two? Yeah, first of all, I always get worried when I hear a ranking and it's good because I set myself, we set ourselves up to go the other way. And I don't want that. I never even look at, I look at, I've told our guys before, uh, there's two S words that we don't worry about until the end of the year, statistics and standings. Um, but you mentioned it, so I'll go there. Uh, I, I don't, listen, there's no key reason here. I mean, we're always pounding and emphasizing, punching the ball out and, you know, productions at the ball, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, Jim Johnson, who I worked with and for in Philadelphia used to say it all the time. Sometimes they come in bunches and they have come that way. Uh, it'd be nice if that continues. But my message really is we can't rely on that. Because uh, if you don't get them, you've got to be playing good enough defense where you keep people out of the end zone and off the scoreboard. And certainly uh, turnovers help, but you're not always going to get them. So keep our fingers crossed they keep coming. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Coach, I guess I say good afternoon now because it's afternoon. But um, you uh, you mentioned earlier about the challenge of being ready for a team like the Jets that haven't won a game yet this year. Is it a bigger challenge this week to work on yourselves or are the Jets more dangerous for you guys? Or are you more dangerous to yourselves? Well, there's probably a lot of what you're saying. But look at, you know, say what you want. If you turn on the first half of last week's game, the Jets against Buffalo, Sam Donald and, uh, and Frank Gore and the runners, I mean, they had it cranking. They were ripping off some yardage. They were throwing the ball down on play action. They didn't, you know, they didn't finish a couple of drives and get in the end zone. But there's still skill over there. Those guys are... NFL players that can certainly make us look bad. Uh, so we're not taking anybody for granted. We got a great deal of respect for the, the coaching staff that they have there, the players that they have. We're, we're never going to disrespect anybody. We are going to focus on ourselves and what we need to do because I think we do that every week. Um, doesn't matter what team we're playing. So keep our nose to the grindstone and keep working and find a way to play good defensive football on Sunday. Got time for two more. We'll go Matt Derrick and then Steve Walls. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, you've had some injuries you've been dealing with on the defensive line. And last year, you, last week you got Colin back. This, uh, this week you're getting Mike Dana back to practice. Just curious, you know, what with, you know, Colin, you, you, you saw last week that you liked. And, you know, how's Mike Dana looking so far? Yeah, Mike looks great. The training staff has done a great job getting him ready. Um, so we think we're going to be okay there. Colin, he had one really good play at the end of the game where he, what I call, face-up tackled a guy right in the, right in the hole, which we need. Um, yeah. You'd have to ask him if he feels like he, I haven't really asked him that question if he feels like he's a hundred percent yet, but it usually takes a little while with that kind of injury. You got to get your feet wet a little bit and get in the game. So uh, fortunately for us, he was able to get in there this past weekend, but we need all the big guys. I mean, they go up, like you said, we've had some injuries there. Guys have been up and down. So keep enough of them healthy to take care of the things we need to do up front. Let's go ask Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Coach. Uh, Tyron said after the Raiders game, and I know it was a couple weeks ago, but uh, that they were successful because they caught you guys in different coverages. I know you were successful last week on the defensive side, but has it been a point of emphasis for you to disguise those coverages in, in different ways? 
Uh, we always do that, Steve. I, I, you know, I don't, I can't, it's been a while to go back and think about what happened on those. I know they had some explosive pass plays, but when teams do get explosive pass plays on you, that's a recipe for not good defensive football. So certainly the guys took it upon themselves to make sure that didn't happen. We've called things a certain way to try to help that. Um, but yet we got to find a way to not have them run the ball as much as they did. So all, everything's kind of dictated by how the game's going, but we'd like to be a complete unit, play really good against the run, not allow the explosive pass plays and get off the field on third down. Ball gets in the red zone, <laughs> stop them down there. So we're looking to do all of that. Um, certainly there's some areas we need to get better at. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You just heard from the Chiefs coordinators, and now it's time to hear from some players. We continue on with Chris Jones. Hey, Chris. Um, are you, you guys were so good defensively the last part of last season, as you remember, and you're, you're, you're kind of getting there this year. I was wondering if you see any signs that you guys are going to become that kind of dom- consistently dominant defense that might lead the league in scoring over the, the last half of the season. And, Brad, I'll have one f- quick follow-up. Adam, how you doing? Um, good, Chris. Uh, you know, we just focus on getting better week in and week out, um, figuring out things we can get better at, figuring out how we can pressure the quarterback more and um, affecting a, a, a opposing team, you know, um, just picking up where we left off and trying to be better. So the, are there areas of improvement that you feel like you guys can, specific areas of improvement you guys can reach as opposed to just generally getting better? If oh, that makes yeah. sense. You know, especially second a quarterback, I, um, you know, but that comes within time, uh, you know, um, continue making those strides game in and game out. And we'll be where we want to be at the end if we continue to, to stay on track and stay on the right pace. Go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, this should be a pretty fun question, Chris. Uh, you guys are second in the league in terms of takeaways. I just want to get your perspective of what has been your favorite turnover this year. Uh, favorite turnover? Um, probably Frank Clark picking up the um, – Picking up the fumble, and I thought my guy was about to take it back. Um, last week against Denver, uh, off the flea flicker, um, picking it up, I thought he was about to take it back. You know, it's always fun when a de- de- defensive line can get the ball and um, have an opportunity to score. Thanks to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Chris, I, I just was wondering about the injury, the groin that you've been nursing uh, this season. Seems like it's been a problem a little bit since you ended up missing that game earlier. How much has it hindered your play? How are you feeling right now? I'm good, man. You know, you that was one of those things, a little little bugger, but I'm good. Um, you know, all is good. Thanks to Sam McDowell. Good, Sam. 
Hey, Chris. Um, you and you and Frank put put a lot of stuff on tape last year, first time playing together. So coming back this year, do you notice the offensive lines treating you guys differently this year at all? Yeah, you know, um, we tend to get the slide if we're on the same side. So we, we kind of have an understanding of that. So we just try to work in games and work in and create opportunities for one another uh, along the defensive line. Our coach uh, and uh, Spags have done a really, really good job on the putting us in positions to make plays and drawing up schemes for us to be able to affect the quarterback or get a one-on-one -on -one in a situation, so. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Chris, this is the first time this year you guys are not facing someone kind of in the playoff hunt or a division rival. What's the danger of possibly overlooking a team, or is that a danger at all with the group you guys have now? Um, it's a huge danger. Um, uh, if I'm correct, two years ago, um, we walked into New York Giants, and um, I think there was one and eight, one and nine, and we ended up losing the game. And you can't take these games for granted. That's a very good football team. Sam Darnold, um, he doesn't get the credit, but he's a very, very good quarterback. And um, I think people tend to forget that because of their record. But they have guys out there, and they they play really well. They've been in a lot of close games. You can't take those guys for granted. They're, they're, that's a hell of a football team. Let's go next to Robert Rinson. Go to Robert. Hey, Chris. You were probably the biggest advocate for bringing Le'Veon Bell to Kansas City, and you finally got him on you guys' sideline last week. What was it like finally having, having him on the sideline? Was it everything you thought it'd be? Yeah, um, I told him from the beginning he'll love it. Um, this is a uh, – we have a championship spirit over here, and um, it's all good vibes, you know. Um, thankful for him. He was able to, to seize the opportunity, and uh, glad to have my guy over here, you know. I'm sure Coach Reed and Coach Benemy is going to do something special with those two guys in the backfield, him and Clyde, and um, it's going to be special, man. I think we got three hands up. We'll go right down the line. Matt, Serin, and then Darren. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Chris, I'm just curious about what life is like this year in the locker room with everything being kind of different. And is you usually rural court in there? I mean, on the basketball court and taking care of business and, you know, building chemistry. What's it like this year? Um, uh, unfortunately, you, you know, they don't take the goals down, uh, especially with, with everything going on in the COVID and everything. I thought mm -hmm. I was going to get the chance to dunk on some Toronto Raptors, you know, but now, <laughs> now it's just, um, we're just playing music, having fun, talking, talking again amongst the rules and uh, still in communication with all my teammates, man. We still found, found ways to get it done. I just can't say much, you know, uh, but we still found ways to have fun. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Uh Real quick, Chris, uh, before I ask my question, do you remember who the DC was that game? You mentioned the Giant game where you guys got stung looking past. Do you remember who the defensive coordinator was for the Giants? If I'm correct, it was Coach Spags. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, just didn't, I didn't know if you, you remember yeah, that. I figured we wouldn't get him and win a championship with him. <laughs> worked out well, worked out well. Uh, you were just talking about, uh, you know, we used to hear you talk a lot about the offense, right? Like lobbying to get yourself in there, maybe a little quarterback, tight end, something like that. You, you still lobbying for that? Uh, now with the, the years under your belt, you trying to get over on that side of the ball at all? Listen, no disrespect to Dunterry Poe, but – you know, if he was able to sneak a a, a, a quarterback pass in, in, in a huge game, I'm, I'm sure somewhere down the line, and maybe one year, and maybe this year, maybe two years down the road, I'm very patient. Um, I'm going to give me a touchdown with the offense. I promise you that. 
I'm not stopping there. I need you guys to help me. Make sure you guys continue to promote it because uh, as the promotion gets uh, gets noticed and um, focused towards the team, and Coach Reed might want to try some a little sneaky, you know, never know. Let's go last to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. I don't even know I can top that one with that shot of Don Terry like that. Um, Chris, one, I, I'm still waiting on my waiting on our barbecue date. But uh, seriously, w- what do you what do you look at when you look at like the New York Jets and you see their coach on the defensive side of the ball by Greg Williams? Is there anything that you take away or that you see uh, from that defensive side of the ball that you may try to incorporate or the team may try to incorporate uh, individually? Uh, on the defense side of the ball. Darren, it's like when you like when when you watch other teams. Do you watch their defensive players and and their, you know, what they what their defensive uh, coordinators call out and stuff? And like, do you watch an Aaron Donald and and those type of players who play your position? Yeah, um, I watch a lot of guys: Aaron Donald, Grady Jarrett, uh, Fletcher Cox, DeForest Buckner. Um, a guy I've been watching on New York Jets is um, Quentin Williams. Um, it was surprising when his name came up in a trade talk. The guy's been playing stellar. And you, you watch the game when they played against the Broncos. He played lights out, you know. The guy's a stud. <clears throat> and, you know, um, he's getting better over time, you know. He's uh, he's a plugger up in that in, in the middle. And I feel like he's the, uh, he's the standpoint on their defense right now. So, you know, paying attention to him, seeing what type of moves I can steal. I'm always watching players, see can I steal a move or two and uh, incorporate it into my game. I am ready for you guys. <laughs> All right. Let's start with Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Tyreek. It seems like whenever anything big happens in the NFL, like one of these popular plays, for example, DK Metcalf the other night with the speed, it's always, well, what does Tyreek think? We got to set up a race with Tyreek. What do you make of the idea that whenever there's some kind of speed play, you're the first person that NFL Twitter and such thinks about? I'm the cheetah, baby. What you mean? <laughs> Of course they go. Hey, of course they go. Come to the head, dog. I'm the cheetah, baby. But um, back to the DK Metcalf play. That was a um, that was a real nice play. But um, unfortunately for me, I would never be able to like showcase that because Patrick he never throws interceptions. So there you have it. Uh, we'll go to Sam McDowell next. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Tyreek. Um, we, we've asked Patrick a lot about the way defenses are playing you guys and how he's had to change just his mental approach to that. Right. With you personally, how have you just had to adjust and maybe accept the fact that some of the plays that were there the past couple of years just just aren't open this year? You know what? Um, Football is a game of chess. You know what? So I feel like if we continue doing what we're doing, which is nickel and diamond all the way down the field, you know, teams will begin to, you know what, um, come up, play more man. And um, it just takes time. You know, we just got to be patient. You know, I mean, everyone – knows us for like the big play, you know, and I want to make the big play. Pat wants to make the big play, you know, everyone wants the big play, but we just got to play chess, you know, um, our run game is looking amazing, you know, so that could help. So I'm looking forward, forward to it. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Tariq. I want to build off of Sam's question. Um, because teams have played so back to try to eliminate the deep pass, Right. What would what would be your argument to say that this is still your best season comparable to what you've done the previous four years? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like um, I'm more mature on the field now. You know where? I mean, I wouldn't say I'm complete, but I mean the game has slowed down tremendously for me. You know, so um, when I first came into the league, I was just happy to be in the league. 
I mean, you guys know this, you know, so I wanted to make the big play, but now it's, it's, it's about running the slants, running the hitches, you know, running a Z in, coming back to the ball, catching it with my hands and getting upfield. So I'm, I feel like I'm more mature in my game. So Go next up, Matt Derrick. Hey, Ty, good to see you. Hey, good um, to see you, buddy. Hey, I'm curious about when you're watching film and you're watching uh-huh. the guys that line up against you, what is it you're looking for? What is it that, that you see and you can take uh, that helps you in the game? So I got to follow up, Brad. So um, when I'm watching film against opposing corners, I look for what hand um, – well, what hands do they jam with? You know, do they jam? Do they mirror? Um, do they break on balls well? You know, um, do they tackle well? I mean, things like that, you know, because um, – most teams they don't they don't press us. So I mean, right now I'm just looking at you know, let's say the Jets they run like a lot of cover too. So is this corner gonna um, push me outside? Is he gonna um, feather me inside? You know, so just things like that. And for the safeties, like I like I try to look at like is the safeties physical? Um, do they want to tackle? Do can they cover? You know, just things along that. You know. Like we've got three left, we'll go right down the line. Todd, Serin, and Darren. Go ahead, Todd. I got a couple things here. First, Tyreek, at least Summit North, you'd been volunteering with. They had to shut the, the football season down. When's yep. the last time you're around those kids? It, it was that mostly a summer thing, or just were you? I know you guys get tested every day, but there were some right. folks who were a little bit scared since they had to shut it down. You might have been near some of those guys, and I have a follow up, Brad. Oh, right. So um, I so believe this or not, I was going during the summer. Um, I went to a few games this year, you know, but I haven't been to the last two games. You know what? Um, but I still talk to the guys. You know, I still watch the film and I still FaceTime them and we still do our little group meeting thing, you know. So I'm still in contact with the guys. I mean, I'm kind of sad that, you know, the season ended the way that it ended. But, you know, I um, but um, I was talking to uh, – a corner last night, I was like, look, man, at least you got to play football. I mean, I feel like some schools aren't even playing football, so just be thankful you got a chance to play ball. So, And follow-up, just on you guys, mm-hmm. you guys are playing a team that hadn't won a game yet, right? And everyone thinks right. you're going to win by a bunch. What right. danger is there of overlooking these guys? I mean, I feel like the Jets are a good team, you know, and a lot of people, like, a lot of people, like, they just look at records and say, oh, they're, what, 0-7? And, and say, oh, they're a bad team. But if you look at this team closely, like, they got some pretty good players. They got a real good coach um, on both sides, special teams. And we just looking forward to the challenge. Like, each and every week, you know, we don't look at records. We just go out, game plan, and we do what we do as a Chiefs team, you know. Like, we feel like everybody is the same, you know. Like, every game is our Super Bowl. So, that's going um, to be our thought. That's going to be our approach. And that's just how we're going to roll it, man. Yeah. Like, they're in the NFL for a reason. And Jess is an NFL team for a reason. They, they good. Uh, Matt, I think you had a follow-up. I'm sorry I muted you. Go ahead, Matt. No problem. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, Ty, following up on just watching film, I'm just curious also, how much do you get to watch film with Patrick and, you know, see how he kind of tackles it and what he sees in film? Well, we have those those moments, you know, every day. Well, I wouldn't say every day, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. Um, those are the times that um, offense installs installs plays. So we we watch film, you know, and um, we just get together, 
And um, Pat just tells us what he wants us to do, what he's thinking. And then um, that's when um, we uh, share share our opinions about things. So we have plenty of time to um, do things like that. Uh, last two, Serena and Darren. Go ahead, Serena. Uh, Tyreek, uh, you said something interesting there a minute ago. One of the things you said was, uh, you know, when I first got here, I was just happy to be here. You guys know that, right? Like, like we've been through this journey with you, right? And you talked about your – you also mentioned maturing as a player on the field. But having watched you, right, uh, during your whole time here in Kansas City, you matured tremendously off the field as well, right? And we, and we right. all know you've been through a lot of different things, right? right. And, and, and amazingly had to have it played out on a public scene, which is not right. easy. Right. How much has all of that, everything that you've been through, maybe matured you as a man and as an individual off the field? And is that maybe what drove you and helped the maturity on the football field? That it was you off the field and that maturation process that's that's maybe made you a better football player? Oh, well, I mean, I was just kind of raised different, man. Like my mom says, you know, everything – well, first of all, mental health is real. I just had a um, – so a kid from my hometown – I mean, from K-State, I don't know if y'all heard about that. He killed himself. R.I.P. to him, man. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like my life, man, is just, it's just, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason. And like you said, you know, that, that like helped me, you know, it like fueled me to like get to where I am now. And like, I'm passionate about the things that are around me which is my kids, my family, and football, you know? So, I don't know. I'm just excited, you know, just to be able to play football and just take care of my family. And that's it, man. That's, that's all I know. Kids, family, and football. That's my life right there. So, I'm sorry that I had to be on a national scale, just the way things are. But Go last to Darren Smith. Go, Darren. Hey, Tyreek, hope all is well with you. His name was Derek Newton. I know you know him um, from K-State. Obviously, probably won't have a chance to talk to you before Tuesday, but Tuesday being election day, have you voted? And then also, um, you know, have you and Patrick, some of the team, decided what you all are going to do election day if you're going to, you know, maybe provide food to, you know, workers at different poll places or voters while they're still down the line if there's long lines? Have you all thought about what you all are going to do as a team, individuals, or as an organization, what you're going to do on election day? Um, as far as that part, um, I have no idea yet, but I'm sure, you know, being the great players that we got here, the great organization that we got here, there will be a plan for that. And yes, I have voted. And I feel like, I mean, everyone should use their, you know, I mean, use their vote, and you know what I'm saying? Because um, I feel like it's important. You know, like, I, I mean, I know two years ago, well, the last president election, I didn't take it serious. Like, and a lot of my friends didn't. So I've been like encouraging a lot of people, you know, to like take this thing serious. Like if, if, if we really want change, if we really want to see things done differently, you know, we got to take this, this serious. And that's everywhere. So, yeah. Tyreek, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We made it through the offense and defense. Now it's time to hear from some special teams. Here is special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. Hey, Coach, good morning. I'm sure you're well aware Harrison Bucker has now missed uh, extra points in, in consecutive games. What are some of the issues that you've identified that, that need to be worked on from a mechanical point of view? Well, from a mechanical point of view, I'm, I'm 
pleased with everything. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think Tommy's really stepped in and, and done a good job. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with the hole in the snaps are good. I mean, Winchester snapping as good as, as well as he's ever have has. And, you know, I just think it's a matter of, you know, we had weather up there. I mean, it was, you got to look at each day, you know I mean? And, and that was a tough day. I mean, he had eight, really, when you look at it, it's eight field goals. I mean, an extra points, a 33 yard field goal. He had eight of them. He missed one. That's the way I look at it. He was seven for eight. Uh, you know, if you look at it, uh, their, their guy missed the, the first extra point too. So, I mean, it was a tough day. That was a weather day and I thought our guys handled it well. Uh, you know, every day's different. I know he's got that, you know, he's got a couple misses on extra points, but uh, you know, we have total confidence in, in Harrison Bucker and, and what he can do going forward. Next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. So the 102-yard kickoff return was one thing, but how proud were you of Byron for downing that punt inside the one-yard line? Yeah, that was a great play. He had a what a what a day he had huh, on special teams. I mean, that was <laughs> that that kickoff return was something else. But but yeah, that play was that was a big play too. I mean, it was a great punt by Tommy. Uh, you know, that ball could have easily you know hit the ground and, and shot forward. He's he's been working on it and. Uh, it's good to see us get a good good bounce there. And then, really, Pringle needed to be Johnny on the spot because that thing could have rolled into the end zone. He was right there. Uh, you know, the gunner, uh, the uh, returner tried to block him. He beat the block, uh, made a huge play right there for us and, and pinned him back for our defense. So, uh, just overall, what a, what a day he had, you know, with the 102-yard return, too. I mean, the way he hit that thing, I mean, he hit it with a lot of courage and confidence and and a lot of uh, praise should go out for the guys that were blocking for him, too. They did a great job blocking. There was a lot of good blocks in that play, and it all came together. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Dave. How you doing today? Good, Adam. How you doing? Good. Good. Um, regarding Butker, I mean, the, the fact that he's been really good on field goals, does that – how does that play – does that make it more difficult to figure out what's going on with the PATs and, and Brad all have a, a follow up here? It's the same kick. I mean, it's the same, it's the same field goal kick. I mean, it's a 33 yard field goal is what it is. I mean, an extra point, it's not a chip shot anymore. I mean, it's just only worth one point. So, uh, you know, he's got to look at him the same way and he does. I just think he's a little snake bit right now when it comes to the, to the extra points. I mean, I think it's a, a something that you know it might be in the back of his mind a little bit. We just got to get over the hump. We got to put it put together a game where we, you know, where we knock them all out and then put another one together where we knock them all out and then we get a, get a streak going where, you know, he's not missing extra points anymore. Yeah. All right. Then uh, on the the King, the Pringle uh, kickoff return, what led you to put him back there in that situation? Well, we've been we've been working Pringle, uh, you know, in practice, and we've been looking for a, a time to to be able to throw him back there. And 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 this was a perfect scenario because you know with the cold weather, you know, the chances of of them kicking to us, you know, you have the chance to get one. And then when you have a big guy running fast, you know, at you, you know, from my experience on a, as a, on a kickoff team, not a lot of guys want to jump in front of a big guy running real fast in the cold. It's just it's just the way it is. And and Pringle gave that to us. I mean, he he hit that thing. 90 miles an hour, and you saw when he cut back, I mean, he, he split two defenders, really, uh, you know, and, and, and to try to make an arm tackle when you're running, when you're a big guy running fast like that, it's really hard to do. And he, once he made the cut back, and then it was, it was over pretty much because he's got enough speed to be able to run away from everybody. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Dave. 
Um, it Morning. seemed like, and I know that Pringle had the score for the long score, but it seemed like McColl actually made some progress in the last game. I was wondering if you could comment on, on what you saw from him. I was, I was proud of McColl the way he, uh, you know, it was a bad, it was a tough day. It was a tough weather day. And I, you know, and I can't, you know, commend our guys enough for how they played and where they stepped up for the weather, you know, with the weather, the way the weather was. He, uh, yeah, he fielded every punt. Uh, he got positive yards on every punt, you know, which was a, it was a tough, windy day out there. And, uh, yes, yes, he uh, he was better. He was improved, and you know, and our, and it was good to see our return game uh, going in the right direction. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Good, Seren. Coach uh, Coach Reed was talking about uh, kind of what was going on. He was asked about Butker as well, and and he talked a lot about kind of getting the chemistry between Townsend and and, and Butker. I mean, you you kind of said the hold was good. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of nuances to it, and that's one of the things he talked about: all the different angles, and you got to turn the ball a little bit. How, how how difficult is just the act of holding? Everyone thinks you just catch it and throw it's it down, not, but not enough credit goes to Tommy. I mean, Tommy is a is a rookie. I mean, he was. <laughs> in college last year. I mean, he, he comes in here and, and under stressful situations is able to, you know, catch the, catch the snap and get it down on the spot. And, you know, he's really, really doing a good job. I mean, yeah. Is there a learning curve? Sure. There is, you know, and, and, and we'll get better and better every game, but I don't see it as a big problem. You know, it's not, it's not why he, he, he missed a, a couple of uh, extra points. That's not, that's not the issue. Now it's something that we will get, you know, better and better at, and and, and after a while it becomes second nature. You know that operation; they'll be sharing a brain pretty much. But they they do a pretty good job already. You know, it's really a remarkable, uh, you know, how much they've come along and and you know really pretty flawlessly right now to this point. Knock wood. Got time for a couple more guys. We'll go Sam and then Robert. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Dave. Um, I had a couple things for you on the same topic. I'll just ask one at a time. Uh, with Pringle, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that you put Fitton back there to try and maybe bait the other team and uh, to, to kick into you. Is that, was that part of the strategy on, on Sunday? Putting, when, you're, uh, when you're a kickoff team or if you don't know anything about a guy, you know, there, there's that unknown. Like, you know, uh, you know and sometimes you put a guy back there and they say, hey, let's see what this guy can do. Let's test him, you know, and sometimes that happens, you know, and that, 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 that could have happened with Pringle. I'm sure, you know, we, we might not get kicks to us, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe this game, maybe they try to kick a touchback with, with Pringle back there, but uh, you know, you put a new guy back there, a team, sometimes they want to test you and, you know, and sometimes that's what we do. Is, 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 and is the second one is, is Pringle going to be more part of the regular rotation for, for kickoffs now? There's no question. I, I think the way he hit it, uh, you know, he's got a, he's got a skill there. I mean, we knew he had the skill, but, you know, once you get one under your belt, I mean, you're hungry for that next one, you know, and, and the guys want to block for him. And just a, it's a it's you know, it's a kind of a snowball thing. So we want to, you know, no pun intended, but <laughs> we want to get it going, you know, again. So. The last to Robert Rimson. Go to Robert. Hey, coach. So Pringle kind of established himself as one of the guys that's a danger to take it to a house to the house. Now, you've got like a slew of guys that can do that now on the roster. Just kind of explain the difference as returners between Cole, Tyreek, yeah. Pringle, and I guess Fitton as well. Like, what's the difference between them? Obviously, they're fast, but what are the differences? That's a good question. On your kickoff return, you're looking for a guy, maybe a bigger body type guy. That's, you know, ideally fast. Uh, they have to have a lot of courage. You have to be able to stick it up in there, you know, run through. We call it through running through smoke. Like, you see bodies in there, but, you know, you have to be able to run through those bodies sometimes. Uh, you know, when you're a punt returner style, you know, McColl, McColl's a punt returner style. You're looking for space. You're looking for openings. And you don't, you don't necessarily, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't, you don't get those huge openings on a kickoff return. Like, 
you know, like you would like on a punt return, you have a little chance to get, uh, uh, make guys miss an open field. So it's a different, it's a different style guy. So, uh, we've been trying to get, you know, McColl to be, you know, that guy that can hit it up in there, but you know, we have just have to design our returns around him, you know, give him, give him returns that fit his style, give uh, Pringle returns that fit his style, which is that North and South, uh, you know, the double, you know, get the double team and then let him make a one cut and hit it. So, uh, that's the difference, really. That's the main thing. You have a punt returner style and a kick returner style uh, guy, and we talk about that every week, even with our opponents. When we play opponents, we talk about what kind of guy are we facing. So, uh, you know, all those guys have a different style. Fenton's more of a north, north and south guy. You know, he, he's kind of like a like a Pringle, kind of a hybrid. He's kind of a both. You know, he can make a guy miss too at the same time. You're a pretty analytical kind of guy uh, based on your mechanical engineering background, but what are you looking at when, when you see some of these missed PATs that you may have noticed that you, and what steps have you taken to fix them? Yeah, well, looking back at the tape, I think the biggest issue with the PATs, except for one, has been where I'm starting the kick at. So uh, the one in Buffalo, that was kind of the outlier. I started that right and stayed right. But the other ones have all been balls that have been tailing to the left and then even that field goal against the Ravens. Um, so I think I just have to have a good line. I need that ball to come out um, exactly where I'm aiming. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I have missed those extra points and a lot of them have been left. But every day I'm trying to get better and obviously trying to get that fixed. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Harrison. Obviously, the team is super high on you with the contract extension, you know, a couple of years back. But when there are troubles maybe like this, what does it mean to you to hear Dave Tobe say something like we have total confidence in Harrison that he's going to just work this thing out? Yeah, that means a lot, you know, knowing that they have confidence in me. Obviously, I want to make every kick and, and do my best, um, but I don't take being here for granted. I don't take um, every game for granted. I'm, I'm blessed to be in the NFL, blessed to be a part of the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, I'm working hard every day to, to do my job. And, you know, whether it's 2017 and I'm going on that streak or now when I'm missing some extra points every day, I'd like to think, you know, I'm working just as hard uh, to get better and, and to be the best kicker I can be. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Harrison. Um, have you? I mean, you're making a large percentage of your field goals, ninety some percent. Why are things working there, but maybe not necessarily um, on on all the PATs? And Brad, I'll have one quick follow up. Yeah, I mean, I think you look back at, at last year, which, you know, I thought was a good year on field goals. I had a couple missed extra points. I think now it's just kind of been all at the start of the season. Unfortunately, one thing we have changed, I guess, is attempting some of the extra points from the hashes to hopefully recreate the, the field goal type of feel. The majority of my field goals of my career are all in the hashes. It's rare that you have, um, you know, running back that gets tackled in the middle of the field on third down and then fourth down, you're kicking it from the middle of the field. So I do think I do better um, on the hashes. I thought I was having a great game against the Broncos until that last um, extra point. And um, obviously I love getting a ton of kicks I just need to, uh, to to finish the game and make all of them and, and stay locked in. And, and how's it going with Tommy? I mean, do you, do you feel like you guys are where you need to be? That that kind of working relationship is where it needs to be? Yeah, I think we have a really good relationship. We're, we're working every day, every week um, to get better. And, and Tommy takes a lot of pride in his ability to hold the ball. And he, he does a great job of it. And I just have to – and so does James with snapping the ball. And I just have to do my job and, and make the kick. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Good, Sarin. Uh, Harrison, just to kind of follow up on what uh, Adam was talking about there with, with the holder, and, and not to, you know, I'm not 
this, this isn't like a negative, like he's not doing it the right way or something, but everybody's a little bit different, right? Like I've asked Dave a couple of times, it's kind of like, you know, maybe golf clubs. I mean, you might buy the exact same club, but it just feels a little bit different. Is there, is some of this just a matter of getting that chemistry and you guys syncing up? You just can't recreate what you had with all those reps with Dustin Colquitt in just a couple of weeks and no preseason games and this weird deal. It's, it's been even more rushed. Is some of that just time? Uh, I definitely agree. I think chemistry is huge. And obviously I, I had a lot of uh, reps with Dustin over the past three years. And with the COVID off season, I was, you know, we were trying to get as many kicks as we could together. Um, and then obviously without having the preseason, you don't have the in-game field goals. But that's why I think, you know, every every practice, every game is super important. And you build that chemistry together. And we're all humans and we all have tendencies. So different holders will have tendencies to do different things. And I'm not saying that, you know, Tommy's got bad tendencies at all, but it is sort of just a, like understanding um, the holder. And But I can't say enough, Tommy's been doing a great job as a holder. And it's really just on me finishing the kick. And like I was saying earlier, you know, having a good line and giving that ball a chance to go through the uprights. And, and just to, to follow up one more, I remember talking with you, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and, and you were kind of explaining why it's just such a better environment here with the Chiefs and maybe in the NFL versus college. And you talked about all the live reps you get with, with Coach Reed, that he gives you a chance, and you really appreciated that and how that, that really helped you. But with this COVID offseason and everything and not having all the things, have you been squeezed on some of those reps? Have you maybe not gotten as many opportunities to do the things you've done in the past because – the team has had to kind of play catch up on offense and defense. I'd say since we've been in the facilities, I've been getting a, a ton of opportunities like I normally do. But if you look at the off season, phase one, two, and three, well, really just phase two, phase three and veteran mini camp, you know, I guess those are reps that we were just having to get together uh, separately with, with COVID going on. But you no know, coach Reed and coach Tobe have done a great job of putting Tommy and I in pressure situations during practice and getting our reps um, and, and not just glossing over special teams. I mean, they take a lot of pride in having good special teams. And, you know, we've gotten a ton of reps for the, the short amount of time that we've, we've had together. That's time for two more. We'll go Todd and then Matt. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Harrison, I know you're such a perfectionist about this stuff. You remember all the kicks and kind of where you were. Are you more equipped now as more of a veteran who's established in the league to handle some adversity and kind of get over this? Or are you going home and thinking about the miss more than the makes? Um, no, I go home. Well, when I go home, I focus on my family and, and my son and everybody. But when I'm in the facilities, you know, every time you have a miss, you have a, you have a failure. It's only a failure if you don't learn from it and you don't improve from it. So those are all opportunities where I can go in and watch film. I can talk um, with Tommy and Coach Tobe and, and James, and we can figure out ways to get better. And, and hopefully when it gets down the line to, uh, to make those kicks and to not miss the extra points. But, you know, every time you do have a mistake, I think that's a great opportunity to learn from it. And that's what I'm doing with every miss. I'm not getting down on myself. I'm just trying to improve uh, day to day and week to week. Go to Matt McMullen for the last one. Go to Matt. Hey Harrison. So the organization in the locker room have made voting and encouraging people to vote a real priority over the last several months. And I'm just curious why that's important to you. And if you've voted yet. Oh, I think voting is super important. That's one of our, our rights living in America to be able to voice our opinions and vote. And actually I have with early voting in Georgia. So I already placed my vote, but I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, we recently had the NFL PA in and we were talking about the CBA and it was something like 24, 25% of guys 
you know, didn't open up an email and cast their vote. And I think that that happens across our, our country as well, potentially just people thinking my voice doesn't matter. Um, but I definitely encourage everyone to go out and, uh, you know, use their right and, and go vote. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.